Hello and welcome to Living a Culture of Life podcast by Human Life International. I'm your host, Colleen, and I'm joined today by Genya and Valentina. Genya is our affiliate in Ukraine. So, and then Valentina, you're from Ukraine originally, correct? Yes. For, I uh, lived in Ukraine until I was 18 years old, and then I moved to the United States. Yeah. Okay. So we're just going to be having an episode today on the situation in Ukraine, specifically regarding life and family and all the amazing work these two amazing women have been doing. So welcome to our podcast. <laughs> um, and I guess let, let's just start by just what's going on in Ukraine right now? What What's the situation there? Yeah. Um, so Ukraine right now is suffering much because of due to the full invasion of Russia, mm-hmm. my country. And um I'm sure that many listeners know that uh, Ukraine is uh, suffering this invasion, not only just this last two years, but actually 10 years since the time revolution of dignity started in my country. And something very beautiful because um, my people felt the need to break through every single tie that, uh, that we had still with Russia. You know, because it was very, very much infiltrated still, even though we were free and independent since 1991. And that, so that was left over from the Soviet Union. That was whatever was left was just not fitting in anymore. You okay. know, that it's like you cannot fit in the new wine into the old skins. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay. And then what's going on with life and family over there right now um, with the situation with like abortion, LGBTQ rights and all of that, or quote unquote rights yes. <laughs> and all of that. Yeah. So. Uh, obviously that, uh, my country, um, uh, was under, under so many years of the Soviet Union, mm-hmm. you know, that, and the propagation was exactly that, that the destroy and destruction of life, mm-hmm. especially the, you know, since the, since the time when Lenin, in fact, Lenin was the first in the first, uh, leader and Russia was the first country in the world that legalized abortion. And that was in the 20s. In the 20s, yes. And so he was uh, very sick before he signed this uh, document allowing abortions on demand. And he mm, wanted to make sure that it was not very much so targeted to the Russian woman in Russia, but it was targeted to the women who were um, in in the countries which was occupied by Russia at that time. And Ukraine was that country, you know, because... We have um, the story where our people were persecuted, sent to gulags, killed with Holodomor. You know, you have a history of uh, literally destroying the nation. Mm-hmm. You know, the the um, my people went through um, the most uh, desirable annihilation. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, to destroy the language, to destroy the culture, to destroy a family, and so. 70 years of that oppression over uh, Ukraine led obviously to many uh, changes in the heart and the mind of people, right? Because it became to be what Soviet Union wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And it became accepted culturally. It became accept, if, accepted. Yeah, it's been yeah. promulgated that And long. you know, in fact, the child to have two children in the family, well, it's okay. But the third child was the most... Um, mm, unacceptable you know yeah. it's like why do you need a third child that's too much you know i think something similar was happening in india at the same time where culturally in india you have two children maximum and three children's a big family yeah it's a big family you know so comparing to like so many american families have 10 kids you know <laughs> eight kids you know 10 kids 
families that uh, desire to accept life and just joyful and happy in that. No, so, um, so right now, what's happening with the families? So imagine the full invasion of Russia for ten years. We have been. Um, let's say crying out to the whole world, we have the great enemy is at our neck and he's bloodthirsty. Vladimir Putin don't care about any, he is not counting with any memorandums or any agreements or neither he doesn't, he wants to sit down around the table and discuss even the situation now. No, what he wants, that he wants to reach the, the borders of NATO, which he cleverly, tricked so many people in the United States to believe that um, that's exactly what he doesn't want, right? But if, if he would take Ukraine in three days, in two months, in two years, you know, as now, if he would take us now, he would be exactly bordering the NATO country, Poland, Hungary, you know, Slovakia. And so that's what he wants. He wants Ukraine to be a battlefield. So he does not care about neither his own people, obviously, neither about Ukrainian people, neither about, obviously, anybody in the world. He's the greatest narcissist that exists right now. And, you know, somebody, somebody American, uh, American person, he says, if you ever wondered what would you do during the time of Nazi, what would you do? And you had a thoughts, like, what would you do? No, and you have respond to that question. Do it now, because this time is now. Ukraine is uh, currently a bulletproof jacket for entire world. We're not only defending, trying to defend our borders, we're not fighting anybody, let's say. We're fighting, if we put in the word fight, then it's going to be fighting for our dignity, our freedom, our sovereignty, you know, and our place to exist because we are, we are being tried intentionally to be destroyed. And it sounds like you're basically caught in the middle because you have Putin on Putin and Russia on one hand coming in, and then you have the European Union trying to promote certain ideologies that are anti-life, anti-family on the other yes. hand. So, and it's incredible what happened because uh, Putin uh, wanted to win some categories, some some um, some groups of people, right? And he needed to win specifically United States somehow because he was seeing, okay, the administration of United States, the government of the United States right now, supporting Ukraine, helping Ukraine. You know, uh, we are grateful for this help. It's not enough. And we're constantly crying, you know, like, let's say we are trying to bring awareness. It's the help that we're receiving is like a bowl of rice for a thousand people where you cannot say you have not received help, mm-hmm. but you cannot say that you have actually received help enough to stop what is happening. And like, just, uh, just yesterday, it was 138 missiles landed to Zaporizhia. Wow. You know, so yeah. it, you imagine that's landed to the civil buildings, to whatever, to the villages, to the people, ordinary people who are not even in the military. So, so Vladimir Putin was seen. He wanted to uh, reach the category of particular conservatives in this country. No, and the key is to conservative. Um, groups of people is to speak the message of life, right? That's what America is trying to defend right now. Life and family. Life and family. No, we're not talking anymore so much about democracy and Republicans, you know, because that's about liberals and conservatives. Mm -hmm. Even those that believed in democracy and want to see the United States uh, uh, democratic country, they are disagree with the values, right? uh, So they are going to turn to the Republicans because of these values, 
because democracy is no longer democracy. It's, it's just a mockery of democracy in many ways. And so, so he's trying to reach particularly the category of the people that is conservatives and that will, um, that will definitely uh, hear him. No, the message is what? Uh, pro-family, um, pro-life, um, that he's going to be defending every human life in his country, right? That he doesn't want LGBT communities, he doesn't want same-sex marriages, he doesn't want any of this. And he sees that Ukraine is being influenced, you know, by European Union in America. Because truly, to say that right now, so many different organizations are, um, uh, they come to Ukrainian uh, little business owners or whatever, you know, or business to business, and they say, we'll give you a grant. But if you agree to this, if you want to apply for the grant, you have to agree to some policies that this organization or this business is uh, um, asking you to comply. And one of them it is to accept the tolerance to LGBT communities. You know, that comes from America or Europe as so well. Basically, so, the money that Ukrainian businesses are getting, or just Ukrainian generals getting, is coming with these strings attached, saying you need to promote abortion, you need to promote same-sex unions, and they, all of that. They want us to do this, but it's an amaz amazing paradox, you know, that that's something that people in the United States maybe don't know is that Ukraine is a very conservative country. Really, we okay. are we are a country that defending um, marriage between men and women. You mm -hmm. ask anybody on the street, you know, you ask young people, and what do they think about this? They they say that this is the trend they're trying to us to accept, mm -hmm. but we don't want that because we are very much attracted to the young women and to the young men. You know, we want to have a families. We understand because if you have country as ours right now, twenty eight million people country, uh, out of forty three million people country that not that many years ago, and seventeen point five million people economically is not capable to support the country, mm -hmm. right? And then you have um uh 4.3 million uh children in the country we are we are a dying country mm -hmm. and, and so is, is that population decreased because of the war or because of abortion or both <laughs> uh so we have 10 million people exited the country at the beginning of war okay so that brings us to the 38 mm -hmm. million right right now 28 this is the official number but i think this is less by number and more by exiting the country okay you know so but abortions nobody even anymore uh leads st statistics because we have many different ways of abortion now right that's morning after pill that is a uh in vitro fertilization also includes in that right how many children are being just quote-unquote discarded because discarded, they're not, yes. they're just frozen embryos absolutely and... they're nobody needed how long are you gonna keep that baby in the creek conservation they're right? not considered people they're so not considered people. they're not gonna you could just wash it in a, in a drain right so um so that also as well it's impossible right now to actually even have a statistic mm -hmm. and it does not exist right now in my country we just know that i know because i work with uh, gynecology doctors mm -hmm. um for many years and since 2011, I organized uh, together with my friend Genya. Um, she's a head organization to, for the human dignity uh, mm -hmm. that exists for 30 years since the fall of the communism. Wow. Yeah, and so they were the first pillars uh, that def defended life, you know. And she can share her, um, her, her, um, oh, her important um, 
points. But uh, so together we organized um, gynecology doctors and intern students, medical students. Um, we were um, brought more than 1,000, closer to 1,500 uh, doctors uh, to Medjugorje from Ukraine. And these are doctors who performed abortions on daily basis for little money, for big money, depends on the trimester. You know, and uh, they were um, directors of the um, maternity centers or the clinics, private clinics, in vitro clinics. These are intern students just about to enter into the practicing, you know, um, and performing abortions. That's something that is required, you know. And so we, tar we targeted, I guess, this category of people. And we see that from them, even there's themselves saying that there's just, it's absolutely a third level of um, do whatever you want. You know, it's, it's become to be a very, very big business. Mm -hmm. So is abortion legal in Ukraine then? I actually don't know the political, the legal situation with that right now. Yes, it is legal. Uh, okay. Before 12 weeks, you can perform abortion on demand. Okay. And after that, it's it needs to needed to be the uh, very valuable reasons. Okay. But which and is, that's what they're trying to push in Poland, I believe, right now. Is yes. that like what the push for legalization in Poland is too? Yes. With the president, Duda, Poland has become to be a country that just strongly defended life and family. Like even, even to the point that imagine... Um, so uh, they, even if the if even if the family lost a child, let's say you know miscarried the child, they are being um, given maternity leave. They are being allowed to you know take the baby's body to bury the baby's body. They are being allowed to um, um, to receive even some compensation. You know, so it's everything is pointed out towards that was a human person leaving and now it's a human person that died and deserves to be buried as a human person. Yeah, that's you know? beautiful. It's a culture so, of life. Where yeah, you it's a culture of life. life. Yes. It's it's right to recognize that uh you have a precious value in front of God. And so therefore if I'm somebody who is a believer or not believer, you know, right now we're actually fighting uh Everybody, you know, the, even these people who don't believe in God, they say something has happened in this world that we have lost completely a sense of existence, you no? Know? And something had to give us that value. And if I don't recognize this in you, if I don't fight that for you and with you, so what is the point then of life? Because, you know, even relationships that um, people enter, you know, same-sex same, same -sex relationships, the cry within them, it's like, it doesn't satisfy me. I have mutilated myself and still didn't satisfy me. I'm still feeling this emptiness. No. Yeah, it goes against human nature and God's plan for marriage and the family. And so there is going to be the emptiness, even if you think that that's what's going to be fulfilling in the yes. long run. Can you share a little bit more about your work with the OBGYNs in, um, in Ukraine and how you would take them to Medjugorje and everything there? Я, Генечка, хочете, може, ви поділитися про нашу співпрацю і про лікарів-гінекологів Меджигорія? В рафіні лікарів-гінекологів було таке, що вони ніколи таку тематику, таку проблему, як аборт, не піднімали. So our doctors that we work with, uh, their impression was after, you know, um, going on the pilgrimage that this, this the subject have never been actually spoken at all, abortions. Really? Ні в сім'ї 
ні в університеті, ні на роботі. Not in a family, not in university, neither at work. І за тиждень перебування, за сім днів перебування в Міджугорі, дуже багато просто міняли свої погляди, свою життєву позицію. Seven days in Medjugorje uh, changed many of them um, to, to change the position they had before, not in life and the family in general. І вони говорили, що ми наробили в своєму житті. They were saying like what have I done in my life? What what have what, what have I done with my hands? У нас руки полікті в крові. Our hands are full of blood. І після того, коли вони поверталися, and after they came back to Ukraine, деякі просто народжували самі дітей. Some dis, uh, decided to have more children, give a birth to more children. Випадки, що усиновлювали дітей, тому що не могли вже самі народити. There is also the stories when doctors adopted children because they couldn't give birth naturally anymore to the child, yeah. І, звичайно, в своїх кабінетах дуже багато спасали жінок від того жахливого кроку. And many of them worked really hard to save every baby uh, uh, when the women would come and ask for abortions that would really... І навіть зараз вони кажуть, лікарі-гінекологи, що коли сьогодні навколо смерть, кров, війна, розруха, And even now, when the doctors say, those doctors that we work with, uh, they say, now it's war. It's everywhere is the destruction. It's, it's a horror. А ви можете подарувати життя. But you can give a life to your baby. No, that's what their message to the women. І слово лікаря-гінеколога для жінки є дуже авторитетне. The word of the gynecology doctor to the women is very authoritative. І тому ми завдяки Chiles of Mercy ми скерували такий напрямок діяльності власне на лікарів-гінекологів. This is why um uh, thankfully to the Chiles of Mercy uh we have been able to um lead the doctors out of this darkness. That's beautiful. Can you share the story of the woman who performed abortions for 40 years who went to Medjugorje? Because I think that's a very beautiful personal story of the impact on one person. Yeah, uh, um, in fact, I'll share two stories I think would be so uh, powerful, which is many. I'm actually really contemplating that I need to put this whole into the book because I love, imagine since 2011, pilgrimages and so many doctors we have stories upon stories and so um uh that was in the beginning when we just started it was 2011 and I, it was the very first group of doctors we had and so we had a doctor um she's very famous in ukraine many people know her name i'm not gonna mention just in case because i promised to her confidentiality so she um, she was the daughter of um uh Um, now she's at age, you know, but uh, when she was young, her, her father was uh, uh, politi- belonged to the Communist Political Party, you know, he was in the high rank, and she was a doctor, and very famous doctor, worked for 40 years as a gynecologist, uh, main gynecologist of one of the cities in Ukrainian region, that's how it works, so everybody submitted to her. Okay. Um, so she traveled to Medjugorje pilgrimage just because it was a free pilgrimage. <laughs> and uh, she took her friend with her and they just wanted to go to see Croatia, Bosnia-Herzegovina mountains, you know, yeah. and all that. Beautiful. So, yeah, Adriatic Sea. 
And um, very first morning um, when doctors arrive, we climb the operation hill. In fact, believe it or not, um, we give them all rosaries. We just give them the rosary. And they don't know how to pray. Some many don't even know how to sign, make the sign of the cross. Many don't. They just make something like this around the face. You know? <laughs> they are afraid to do it wrongly because they have a very wrong impression about God generally. Because during the um, Soviet Union time, uh, to the world, the churches were open behind the Iron Curtain, right? But it was not. It was KGB agents instead of priests. They were Whoa. trying to catch the people within the church and persecute them. Oh, man. Yeah, that's another story. Yeah, Russian wow. Orthodox Church was infiltrated by KGB agency. Wow. And until now, too, as well, because all the good priests and monks and nuns were sent to gulags. Oh, man. And, you know, and the rest, whoever spoke, who did not want to co uh, comply to the KGBs, um, they were, you know, they were just killed. Like, like the... The last, the most scandalous um, uh, persecution, and uh, uh, many people know this priest. His name is Alexander Main. If anybody wants to research, that was the Orthodox priest was killed by KGB agents. Okay. Yeah. You know, so, anyway, um, going back to the story. So she, this doctor, um, she climbed the operation hill. We prayed the rosary and we just teach them by heart to, to say this Hail Mary by heart. And um, so, and then everything happened the whole day. And then the following morning, the beginning of conferences we have, in fact, with every group, we never try to, um, to really speak to them about somebody else's life. Mm -hmm. We need to help them to understand that God loves you particularly and that you have a dignity. Before you understand dignity of somebody else's life, you need to have a value of yours, you know? Mm. And so that's the work uh, which we enter through these doors only. Never, never come in strong at their face, you know, that you are basically abortionists and you kill the babies, right? Mm. We don't say we're against abortion. We're saying we're for life. We are for the for the baby's life. Extending mercy to them, saying yes. you're a value child, like God loves you, yes. God created you, and helping them understand that, and then guiding them towards recognizing that yes. every life has value. And then it's so easy because they never feel with us, they never feel judged. They don't feel attacked. Yeah, they don't feel attacked. They don't feel like we're, they're facing you, need to stop doing this, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so she climbed up Russian Hill, and uh, she was sharing about this climb next morning and she says she got up and she started like shaking and crying and she said i'm a person of no faith i i walked i walked you know across the church door and never entered you no know? and she was telling something i shared with you just a little while ago and uh but when i climbed the operation hill what i felt is that i'm climbing the mountain of bones and skulls of the babies that I have killed with my own hands for 40 years of my practice as a gynecology doctor. 40 years, yeah. imagine. And so she was crying and she was just sharing and she actually uh, came um, a second time, a following year at the same time and sharing that story on Operation Hill with other doctors. And she sent many doctors from her city in her, her region as well. 
And then another thing that she said, um, that she felt the, the presence of God so strong and that God has given her the last uh, call, basically. He wants to forgive her. She needs to stop doing what she was doing. That was so powerful as one of the stories. And another one I keep just, it was so powerful for me personally because we had, um, it was just before COVID and uh, we organized pilgrimage and was one young doctor, a man. And after the conferences, just about uh, finished the pilgrimage and um, one day only left, he comes to me and he says, I needed to talk to you. And I said to him, um, let's go. You know, we just kind of come to the corner. And he, he started crying, literally, like just bawling. He said, Valentina, I never understood what my profession is. And I never understood what was happening in my life. So he said, I'm a gynecologist. I was just going to come back to Ukraine. And me and my friend were going to start the in vitro fertilization clinic. Mm. We were going to start our own business, in vitro fertilization clinic. And he said, we we're going to go to the conferences right now. It was just like all brewing. And that's what we're going to do. That's very big money. It's unbelievable money in Ukraine. Is that because I think there's a big surrogacy problem yes. in Ukraine, correct? Because I remember hearing about that around the time the war started is that women who were surrogates who had fled the country were under contract to come back to have yeah. their child. Surrogacy in vitro uh, donor, uh, um, the, the like sperm, sperm yeah. donor and egg donor. This is the, this is the primary business in gynecology. It, it's like, let's say that if we're going to talk about human life and business, mm -hmm. Ukraine was, I mean, on the top of it. Wow. Seriously. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so it become to be really bad. Mm -hmm. And uh, so this doctor was going to start a clinic. Mm -hmm. And and then he said, I, I, I like I invited all my friends, you know, like we were going to do this. And then he said, um, and the second thing that my wife and I, um, I love my wife, he said, very much. And we we were, uh, we got married, and but we were not um, ready yet for children. So, and we got pregnant and I was so afraid for her health that I didn't want any other doctor to perform abortion on her. So he said, I was the one who performed abortion. Oh my god! And he said, I never even crossed my mind that I was actually killing my own child. Wow. Imagine. He was so, he was devastated at that moment. He's like, what, not, what do I do now? I, I have, I'm a killer of my own child. Wow. He said, in my relationship with my wife, after the abortion, I could never understood, like, we had such a good, like, um, interaction, you know, we were very good at our, um, you know, family life, let's say. And, um, but she refused me afterwards. She didn't want to see me. And um, like she, she was just our relationship just went downhill afterwards. We're still together, but she's, he said, I don't even know how to fix it. And that was and now I understand what happened. She said she knows that I'm a killer of our child, even though my intention was good. But he said I didn't understood. So you see that it's in with Ukrainian doctors. I enjoy working with them so much because it's not hard. It's not hard to 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 speak to them about this uh, very truth. Same to the medical students. Mm -hmm. Because 
because I think that the um, the truth is really intact in us. You know, when I when I speak the lie, you feel it. When you speak the truth, you feel it. That's how God created us. Well, really, it sounds like they're growing up in a country that values life and family. So when, but they haven't heard about this stuff in medical school. Like yeah. you were saying, they didn't hear about it. People aren't talking about the truth of abortion. So when they have the values, like they understand them and embrace the values. And when they understand that this contradicts those values, it's so easy to see. Like they're yeah. primed to be able to embrace the truth. It sounds like yes. So they, they, they don't want to, and and now time is particularly the most amazing you know because we don't want anything to do with russia we just don't we have we have been constantly constantly attacked constantly attacked no and not a single word is believed anymore um and so now we want to restore our culture we want to defend our nationality we want to defend our language. We want to defend the music and the song and the art that we had, which we were deprived for so many years, mm -hmm. not permitted to breathe the air. It's like you need to purchase the air you breathe, you know. Wow. So now it no longer is going, going to be the case. And now the fight, the, the fight for our freedom, survival is so strong and motivated. And I see that uh, so many other uh, now, so many organizations, you know, so many businesses, so so many people, just big people, little people, young people, old people, you know, we're willing to give our life uh, to defend what is belong to us. Now, the world of the uh, the map of the world is set. We need to all stay in our borders, you know, and. Um, and Ukraine have a right uh, to defend itself. But the problem is defend on many levels. No, defending, first of all, we have been promised to be defended. That's another subject I know, but it's like we have been promised to be defended by, um, uh, by Budapest Memorandum, which happened on 1994. Okay. And which stated that if Ukraine give uh, nuclear power weapons, and transfer them to Russia. And Russia promises never to attack Ukraine. And United States and UK guarantees us uh, to defend us in case there will be any conflict. Oh, interesting. Nobody talks about that over no, here. No, nobody <laughs> knows this. I, yeah. mean, I mean, it's very simple. Budapest Memorandum, 1994. It's right there. It's original copy of original document is hanging in the internet. Anybody can read that. It's very clear language there, it says. So we intentionally have been weakened, so incapable to defend ourselves. And by the way, over 30 years, our um, Ukrainian army and Navy um, has been intentionally, intentionally deteriorated. You know, and so, and Vladimir Putin entered at the perfect timing, you know, perfect timing was um, 2013. He wanted to see what at that time, you know, government of United States, how it's going to react. It was not that much reaction. And so, and then he was waiting until America is going to feel very weak. He was watching what, what he, his, um, uh, his great uh, push was when, um, American troops left Afghanistan. And then he's, 
yeah. If you if you if you kind of go back and you see that what happened is that that's when it happened. No, America felt weak to him. No, and he attacked. So that's the best. So then he he knew he's gonna pair with other countries like China. You know, he he knew he knew that Belarus obviously is gonna support. No, um, he knew China is gonna eventually support because he's trying to organize coalition of people, of countries that is going to fight with him. Iran, Iraq. I mean, right now, these missiles that are flying over our roofs and landing to the civil buildings and, you know, killing civil people. These are Iranian shahids. You know, these are other military equipment that is being sent from all over. You know? Now, you said when we were talking beforehand that there's no better time to defend life and family in Ukraine because of the war. Can you talk about that a little bit and then what the two of you have been doing to kind of cultivate that culture there? Yeah, it's, um, uh, so, why maybe you can tell us, why is the best time to in Ukraine? Because now already many people believe that Ukrainian land is filled Because right now so many people realize that Ukrainian, uh, uh, Ukrainian earth is being soaked in in the human blood of unborn children. And we, meaning Ukrainian society, has killed with our own hands it, the entire country, another entire country. And now we see that we are lacking people in our country, including our defenders, our military. Because we have destroyed them by abortion. And now we are um, actually boldly raising that question to the government because this is our def- uh, defending um, defense of, of our nation as well. No. And also, uh, this is the great humiliation for the doctor to performing to be killing someone so small. No який покликаний рятувати життя людини і здоров'я, а не знищувати його безпосереднім втручанням. Doctor is called to defend life and uh, to defend life and and support it so it will be led to the to the birth, no? And not to kill it. І якщо раніше мотивували Аборт в 22 тижні вагітності по медичних показаннях, тому що є патологія розвитку дитини. If before it was into uh, 22 weeks, it was suggested to do, you know, like pathology tests and if the ch- something with the child, so they recommended to do an abortion. То тепер ми бачимо дуже багато наших воїнів-захисників, які повертаються інвалідами. And now we see that so many of our men uh, military men come back come back from the battlefield are uh, mutilated you know they're um, they become to be handicapped literally and this is an example that we shouldn't be de- uh, destroying the child we shouldn't be killing the child who is uh, with the special needs you know as much as we would wouldn't do that for the military man. Oh, that's a beautiful analogy. And we have a 
ще не народжена дитина має право на спадок. And so uh, important thing here that our constitution states that unborn child have a right to uh, to inheritance. Mm. So і ми їм говоримо, що дитина не народжена має право на спадок, але не має права на життя. So we say to the government officials so the unborn child has a right to to inheritance but have no right to life doesn't make sense. І лікарі нам дуже вдячні за те, що вони кажуть, що ви нам допомагаєте забрати з наших рук цей смертоносний інструмент. And doctors are really thankful to us because they say you taking from our hands the the instrument of death. Не тільки кюретка, якою роблять аборти, а і медикаментозні таблетки, і рекомендації на інвітро, скеровування на інвітро. Not only the curette, no, but also morning after pill and in vitro and so on. І застосування тієї самої контрацепції. And using of the contraceptions. That's beautiful. And speaking about the pill, can you tell the story of what you discovered was going on with the abortion pill in Ukraine and Poland and what you did about it? Розкажіть історію про абортивну таблетку між Україною і Польщею ситуацію. Після російської агресії дуже багато біженців, в основному це були жінки з дітьми, які приїхали до Польщі. After the Russian aggression, many People have exited the country, and especially women with the children. І невдовзі на сайті з'явилася інформація з телефоном, з координатами, що для бажаючих жінок українською мовою, що для бажаючих жінок можна придбати медикаментозну таблетку. So many women who went to Poland, um, you know, um, after some time, it was раніабортивно. Uh, it was uh, the website showed up. You know, the, and the website is uh, stating that in Ukrainian language, that anybody who is wishing and wanting uh, to receive the morning after pill is able to connect and, you know, um, come and receive it, basically. I wanted personally to, to see how it works. Ну і спланувала, що я задзвоню, скажу, що мені потрібно. And so I made a plan to call and uh, and talk to the to the person there and um, telling them that I need the pill. Але мені польський колега каже, в тебе дуже серйозний голос, ти не кажи, що це тобі потрібно. And but my colleague said uh, in Poland, don't tell that it was you who needed. You know, your voice is too too uh, too serious. You know, tell that you need somebody else needed. Ну, але я зателефонувала, so I called сказала, and I, що я є біженка, приїхала в складні ситуації. So і, family, і моя родичка має вагітна, і ось в Польщі аборти заборонені, і власне, що ви порадите, ви пропонуєте. And my relative is pregnant, шлях. and uh, she's uh, lost, she's feeling lost, and um, so I'm calling in concern about her, and what would you recommend to her? І вони одразу погодились і сказали, що дуже добре. І я одразу сказала, що термін досить великий, вже більше 10 тижнів вагітності. They immediately said to be there is no problem. Uh, however, I said to them the, the, the pregnancy went in 
very far, you know, so. But they told me nothing is, uh, it's, it's, it's no problem, you know, it's just going to be okay. Я намагалася отримати від них інформацію, яку організацію вони представляють. So I tried to actually um, ask them what organization, what, who they are working with to find out more information. У відповідь отримала, що це міжнародна організація, яка об'єднує там декілька таких організацій. They responded to me that they are international organization that is uh, uh, fighting strongly um, in defending the women. Ну, я кажу, ж в Польщі аборти заборонені. But I said to her that, but Poland um, not uh, permitting abortions. Чи це не буде порушенням з польського законодавства? And, but I said, uh, maybe it's going to be, um, you know, so the, the abortions are forbidden, and that's going to be against the, the, the law. У відповідь сказали, ні-ні, надсилайте нам свою адресу, свої координати, свої телефони і одразу е, рахунок. Ми вам надішлемо рахунок, на який потрібно сплатити 70 євро. And they said, not a problem at all. You just, we're going to send you the bank account. You send us information and the address and you need to pay 70 euros and we will send you the bill. Ну, я кажу, що українці зараз біженці знаходяться в такій критичній економічній ситуації, що для них це є великі гроші. And I said, well, but Ukrainians right now are in very critical situation financial. They don't, majority of people don't have such a money. Чи не можна отримати безкоштовно цю And I said, uh, could she receive that for free? Is it possible to receive for free? Ні-ні, тільки після, ми надійшли вам тільки після оплати. She said, no, we will send you after we receive the payment. They really wanted to get my uh, information, my email address, my number. And of course, I didn't give them my email or telephone number because immediately they would research me who, I'm a, who, who is Genia Samborska. <laughs> Я їм подякувала за інформацію, сказала, що ми подумаємо, і я їм ще зателефоную. I thank them for the information, and I said, I'll think about it, in any case, I'll call you. І коли ми дійсно переконалися, що такий, якби, шлях існує в Польщі. And when I realized that there is such a direction as at work, you know, such a way at work in Poland. Я ще перед тим просила їх, що я приїду до них на візит. Конкретно, дайте мені адресу, я до вас приїду безпосередньо, щоб у вас отримати консультацію, отримати цю таблетку. And even then I actually asked them if I could um, come to visit them where they are, you know, um, so for uh, direct consultations and they said no, that no. Ні, ні, тільки тільки так по емейлу ми надішлем і на вашу адресу надішлемо цю посилку. We work via email and phone and we will send you the bill by the mail. Я запитала, що якщо будуть наслідки після використання цієї таблетки, чи вони беруть якусь відповідальність за прийом цієї таблетки. So I asked them if if there is going to be um, any complications after I receive the pill, what do I do? if there is any risks or anything and натомість отримала відповідь що у разі виникнення кровотечі так тривалої кровотечі то необхідно звернутися в польські лікарні і вони будуть допомагати далі 
so the response was, uh, well, if you will uh, start the bleeding, you need to go to the doctor and they will just continue to help you. І одразу ми зверталися до польських правників і до поліції. So we made consultations with the Polish lawyers and the police. Дуже скоро цей сайт перестав існувати. Soon this website uh, stopped existing. Ми розуміли, що можуть бути якісь інші шляхи. We knew there could be some other ways to to um Uh, we knew there could be some other ways to spread this information. І тому разом з організацією Клуб захисту людського життя польською. And that's why uh, together with the Club of Defending Life in Poland, випустили велику кількість брошурок про дію раніабортивного засобу медикаментозного. We print uh, many many brochures uh, regarding explaining what the morning after pill really українською is. мовою. Uh, we print them in Ukrainian language. І роздавали її буквально тим, хто ставав там на облік. And so this information was given to в нас працює лікар-гінеколог наша Pro-Life We spread it everywhere in Poland, you know, um, churches, consultation places, and uh, we have our own doctor who's working there, who's uh, defending life. До якої приходять в основному українські жінки. Most all Ukrainian women are coming to her. І вона незалежно з якою метою до неї звертається, and вона it... всім дає цю брошурку. And it doesn't matter who is coming to her, she's giving this brochure to everyone. В греко-католицьких церквах розповсюджуємо її туди, куди ходять українці. Wherever Ukrainians are, these brochures are. Для того, щоб ця інформація розповсюджується. That this information will just be uh, available for everybody. That's amazing. That's such a wonderful story. Yeah, just that that impact of being able to stop that from going on. And I think you said when we were talking about this before that you don't know where the, the pills were coming from. They could have been any country supplying them, any business in any of the countries. They weren't necessarily in Poland. Uh, так, я запитала, я запитувала, звідки надходять ці таблетки, вона сказала, що з міжнародної організації. Uh, so I asked her, you know, where these pills are coming from and she just said that it is from international organization. Interesting. That's yeah. so interesting. And then when you say morning after pill, is this RU486, the chemical abortion pill that can go it's quote unquote safe up until 14 weeks, but really They try to push it longer. It's that. Коли ви кажете таблетка, це ця таблетка, як вона називається? Міфіпрістон. Ми зазвичай не називаємо назву таблетки, тому що хтось почує і може скористатись цією назвою. We usually don't say the name of the pill because somebody will hear that and could use that opportunity because you actually can buy it. You just can buy it. In, oh, weird. Yeah, in Ukraine. So in in Ukraine, we say morning after pill. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I, when I hear morning after pill, I think Plan B, which is like the quote unquote emergency contraception. Yeah. Which is, I believe, different than misoprostone. So I just wanted to make sure for our audience that they yeah. knew yeah. what was being talked yeah. about. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And I, you had also told the lady that the pregnancy was far along, like further than what is medically quote unquote medically considered safe. 
Right. Ви також їй сказали, що ця вагітність вашої, вашої родички, а вона вже затягнута. Так, так. так. Uh, я назвала, що це вже більше 10 тижнів. I told her Хоча that я this знала, що ця таблетка не можна приймати в такому терміні, але я спеціально назвала цей термін. Though I knew that you could not take this pill already at that being pregnant so far, but I wanted to hear what she's going to say. Interesting. Wow, that is such an amazing story. Like, thank you. <laughs> thank you about yeah, thank you for that. So. Каже, що така неймовірна історія, так. У нас є неймовірна історія про нашого пролевдіача Мирослава. Можна розказати? Ага. So she she says we have another story beautiful about uh, one pro-life uh, one man his name is Miroslav Ozniak and uh, he He has he's been working an incredible way of also Ukraine to saving babies' lives and she wants to share. Yes, please. Йому знайома сказала, що її співробітниця, донька завагітніла, маючи там 15 років, приховувала цю вагітність. And so somebody told him that um there's a friend's daughter 15 years old got pregnant and was hiding her pregnancy. І коли батьки дізналися, звернули в, в лікарню, то вже термін офіційно робити аборт був заборонений. So when uh, parents found out and it was too late to actually officially to receive abortion, you know. Але е, їм порадили лікаря-гінеколога, який зробить за великі гроші, зробить цей уже кримінальний аборт. But uh... One doctor have recommended somebody else who for big money will perform this abortion. Він сказав, що я на тиждень від'їжджаю десь в відпустку, а за тиждень повернусь і я вас прийму, зроблю аборт. And uh, he said that I'm leaving um, for for a week, but after I come back, you know, I will do the abortion. No problem. І пан Мирослав пішов в ту клініку, бо він знав, в якій клініці. And Miroslav went to this clinic, he knew where the clinic was. Подивився в реєстратурі, який лікар-гінеколог чоловік зараз у відпустці. And then he looked it up, uh, information, the doctor who is right now on vacation and he's a man. Зайшов до нього в кабінет до медсестри. He came to his office and it was a nurse there. І каже, що назвав по імені цього доктора, бо прочитав прізвище ім'я по батькові. So he saw the name of the doctor on the doors and uh, you know, so that was his office. Каже, мені терміново треба йому зателефонувати, бо це мій товариш, але я загубив його телефон. He said I immediately need to call my friend. I lost his phone number. Could you please give me his number? Медсестра дала його телефон мобільний. And so the nurse gave his personal phone number to Miroslav. Він купив окрему картку телефону. He bought um he bought um a phone card, you know, with a number so it will be like totally different number calling him. Зателефонував йому. He called him and і каже, що я знаю, що ви через тиждень будете робити кримінальний аборт. And he called him and he said I know that you will do the criminal abortion in one week. То знаєте, що за вами слідкують. And he said, so you know, somebody is watching you. Поліція за вами слідкує. Police is watching you. І лікар питає, хто це, хто ви? And so хто? the doctor is asking, who is this? You know, who is this? Who are you? Він телефон і викинув картку телефону. And so he shut off the phone and threw away the number. 
Лікар повернувся з цієї відпустки через тиждень. And the doctor came back from the vacation. І відмовив їм робити аборт. And then he said, I will never do this abortion, no. І so, ця дитина народилася. And this child was born. <laughs> і ці батьки тепер, батьки і бабуся з дідусем, які так наполягали на цьому аборті. So the parents of this, uh, of this girl who was pregnant, Um, they really insisted on abortion. Вони такі щасливі. Now they are so happy. І, і це їхній улюблений внук. And this is their beloved grandson. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Do you have anything else either of you would like to share before we wrap up the podcast today? Щось ще ми хочемо, можливо, розказати, поділитися, поки закінчимо. Ну, нам наша організація 30 років існує. Our organization, um, Genya's organization for the, digni- uh, uh, for the dignity of the people, exists for 30 years. Почали діяльність після Чорнобильської трагедії, коли Our work started after Chernobyl tragedy, when officially... Офіційна статистика показувала 1 мільйон 300 тисяч абортів в рік. Showed 1 мільйон 300 тисяч абортів в рік. After the Хоча неофіційно ця цифра була в декілька разів більша. І е, аборти були дозволені навіть по е, медичних і по соціальних показаннях. Were and Наприклад, наявність трьох і більше дітей в сім'ї можна було робити аборт навіть в сім місяці вагітності. So three um, and more children you could perform abortion even нам вдалося змінити чинне законодавство України. We were able to change the, the uh, law in Ukraine regarding терміни and uh, lower the term for permission of abortion. І заборонення аборти по соціальних показаннях. And also to, uh, to forbid the abortions for the social reasons. Тепер ми разом з вільними зусиллями йдемо на шляху захисту людського життя від мами. And now together we are gathering together we're working also to continue to to do this work that needs to be done in defending life. В парламенті вже був проект закону про заборону абортів. Our parliament had already the bill uh, for forbidding the abortions. І я одразу виступала, казала депутатам тим, що він не пройде, тому що це неправильно говорити про заборону. І зараз розроблений проект закону про захист людського життя від And now we have another bill that is prepared to be turned into the government which says the Uh, in, in defending the human life from the moment of conception. That's the right terminology. And if somebody asks us, ah, so you are, um, you, you are fighting against abortions, we say, no, we are, uh, we are fighting to defend life. For the motherhood, for the family, for і не показуємо фільми про аборти, такі як раніше Бернарда Натанса на німий крик. Аудиторії не показуємо. Ми не показуємо фільми, які показують аборти. 
like for example the Bernard Nathan son is it the silent scream ми показуємо чудові фільми про внутрішній утробний розвиток дитини we show the movies uh, of development of the child in the womb like endowment for human development movie maybe і фільм завдяки теж чаші милосердя випустили такий фільм фонд розвитку людини. Yeah, um, so we actually my organization communicated with Endowment for Human Development. We have this movie translated in Ukrainian. Oh, beautiful. Який so... отримав ліцензію Міністерства освіти. Now we have a license Ukraine. from the Ministry of Education that permits us to uh, to show to propose this movie to any um educate uh, educational um center you know from schools to universities and it's recommended to show to every you know to every education uh, center because it's actually shows exactly what's happening you know and how the baby is growing within the womb so oh, fetal development is so important yeah fetal development he's included in this program now we also have a program uh, and this movie is inserted into this program uh, which the problem program calls the the foundation of the family found fundamental things of the family no and so it was um uh right now accepted by many regions you know and has also license uh by the government by uh ministry of education and this program is available for everybody for every region to accept it you know in ukraine and to promote it in schools and colleges universities so on so wow. Працюємо різними способами. So we're trying to work in different ways. І анонімними дзвінками. And so we we call anonymously we call like phone calls like this. І молитвою біля абортарів у Львові, в Івано-Франківську. And also the prayer uh, we, we gather also around the abortion clinics and yeah. we 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 pray together with the people in front of abortion clinics. Ну і звичайно співпрацюємо з державними інституціями, такими як Міністерство освіти, Міністерство охорони здоров'я. So we try to work um with the ministries, you know, with the government because it's also important with the parliament because it's very important, you know, they are the ones who can make this laws. Yeah, and I know that a lot of people in Europe they're not able to work with the government to be able like there it's a lot harder because the governments are so much more liberal or so much more in favor of abortion and all that so it's beautiful that you have the ability to do that and be able to move within the government and offer this education yes and you know uh one uh something else i would like to share very much that last june mm-hmm. uh, june 9th we organized first summit uh with the name ukraine live dignity victory the summit was uh meant to speak very loudly to the people in United States particularly mm-hmm. you know and because many were asking me the question so what do you guys do your voice is not being heard where are you pro life organizations where are you the ones who defend in life like you just want guns from us you just want military equipment from us but we don't want to help country that is like killing themselves within mm-hmm. so that was really let's say that statement really hurt me mm-hmm. and because it's totally mistargeted everything no so the summit was organized particularly for uh to show people in united states and conservative circles that how many of us there mm-hmm. and also 
to bring deeper awareness to our government how important this message and they need to speak on defense no that as well so if we want to break that propaganda mm-hmm. that russia has caused us here in the yeah. united states no and so we organized the summit and um, it was fascinating i have invited um a very well-known person, I think, in the United States, especially in the Catholic circles, uh, Jason Jones. He's a president and founder of uh, Venerable People Project. And he came and he he was sharing that um, at the beginning, he was expected to see like LGBT flag in every corner. Mm-hmm. And then he says that the only one I saw was at the building of a Canadian embassy. <laughs> you know, it totally... He said, I knew nothing about Ukraine. And when he was leaving, he felt so sad. He said, I feel like I have not done anything for Ukraine yet. You know, mm. so uh, even though it's war right now, and I know it's dangerous, but I think people, if they have a courage to come, if they have a courage to fight as a Catholics, us, mm-hmm. through our baptism, we each one of us is priest, prophet, and king, right? God has given us authority. And we should not be afraid of this authority. Mm-hmm. And even, look, United States government was found in God we trust. So it shows that this nostalgia that American people have that in God we trust, mm-hmm. you know, and wanting to defend a human life, just human is so important, fundamental, no? Mm-hmm. And um, St. John Paul II really fought for that, no? And he... First five years of his papacy, he dedicated to speaking to the people about theology of the body. Look at this, the, how theology, it's theology is study about God. Like, why, why are you saying theology of the body? No? Exactly. Yeah. That's important because our Christianity needs to go that direction mm-hmm. of understanding that, yes, the government, we are just so, well, I don't want to have anything to do with the government and the politics. Mm-hmm. But if the politicians are not going to be the Christians, if we are not let's say, building our governance mm-hmm. on the fundamental things, then what is the government? Yeah. You know what I mean? The government should be there. They should be protecting every citizen from the moment of conception all the way yes. to natural death. Yeah, so we are kind of like divided so much that Christians are kind of, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hibernate. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be uh, looking for the community when I just can hibernate and I'll have my land and my children and my family and all this. So You can't isolate yourself you, you from cannot, the politics. Yes, you cannot do this. So this summit was meant to bring this awareness, like stir up kind of, you know, people in Ukraine and also to show people in America that we are not what how, what they think of us, you know? And and you held that, I believe, in Kiev while it was being bombed, right? Yes, we uh, air, air uh, <laughs> raid alerts were constantly. I mean, oh my goodness. <laughs> yes, it was constantly, it was not safe we had it at the the most fancy bunker you could ever find you know it was a wonderful location we had it it was high level event you know and um, we also showed by that our government that we are very serious you know we are very serious and they're very much supported you know and so and i think that this summit become a key a very strong key right in the midst of this fiery jaw of death, uh, there is a voice and a strong voice, and that strong voice have values of every conservative value there is. Have you, know? you heard of any like impact from this conference of people who have changed their mind because of it, or have like done any new things? Like I don't know to put any protections in place for the unborn. 
Yes. So we had because we had a dip, uh, uh, congressman and congresswoman. Mm -hmm. You know, right now we are preparing to um, uh, preparing the bill of which uh, my colleague Genya spoke. The bill to uh, defend life from the moment of conception. Mm -hmm. We are preparing to turn that into the first votes. Mm -hmm. Now, first votes happening in our country is the people voting, mm -hmm. and then it takes to the to the parliament and parliament votes. And we we just had incredible conversation with our government leaders. Mm -hmm. And we showed them this is the only opportunity we have right now to enter with a with a un, in, in, uh, with a unity uh in the unity, let's say, with America as well. And because if this is what the concern of people here, we will not help you because you are killing yourself. Mm -hmm. We want to totally change that. Yeah. And show that this is not this is not the truth. We want to leave, and we will defend, you know, our little Ukrainian as well. Help us to defend our little Ukrainian. If if anything else, just help us to defend little Ukrainian who is not born yet. You know. Well, and conservative and pro life Americans need to care about this because if the money that America is sending to Ukraine is coming with the strings attached of you must promote abortion, you must promote yes, LGBTQ ideologies. So yes, like pro life Americans need to be able to support the like organizations like both of yours, well, you're our affiliate. So like supporting HLI and all the work that you're doing and then the work that you're doing as well to be able to promote life and family because like it is, it is a shame that America is sending money with these strings attached. Yes, it's absolutely. It is because um, like, for example, our president mm -hmm. Zelensky, I'm not going to right now like talk much beside one thing. Mm -hmm. I'll say that when there was a bill turn and pushed as hard as possible mm -hmm. that he will accept the same-sex marriages mm -hmm. he said and everybody can read it on a site on a website of our government mm -hmm. you know what it says it says that it put on pause we're not going to discuss this during the war mm -hmm. that's it because and that is something that his response is basically uh spoke enough to us that he's not interested about this and at the same time, you said strings attached, right? Mm -hmm. We are being speculated. We are giving you the we are giving you the military aid, but you must do this. Mm -hmm. So it's like if you would have a daughter, and your daughter was, and you were asked, "Do you want us to rape her or to kill her?" Mm -hmm. What are you gonna say? What would be your response? Like, what is what is this man had to do? If they constantly anything that is being asked for has that strings attached. Mm -hmm. And we cannot fight the enemy that is 20 times, uh, 28 times bigger than us in every aspect. Mm -hmm. Our missiles is like two million something dollars mm -hmm. in respond, million dollars, not worth if we put into a dollar quantity. But his missiles and his military mm -hmm. uh, lending at us 450 billion. That's comparison, no? And also, um, something that people need to know that so since the beginning of war i'll just try to explain something yeah um since the beginning of war i have been shipping uh medical supplies to ukraine mm -hmm. every two and a half weeks i shipped uh, over two million dollars worth of medical supplies to my country uh, my organization uh, chalice of mercy has a warehouse in zaporizhia mm -hmm. i have volunteers i have three ton trucks that that i go with my volunteers into the into the depth where I can literally feel the Russian breath at my neck, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so what I'm trying to say is that 
um, yeah, we shipped over $40 million worth, yeah. but I received this help for free. Yes. Uh, so it's a value, no? So I received the medications, I received the surgery supplies, which is going to save life. But here in America, I received this from the NGOs that are uh, receiving that for free from the hospitals. It's, uh, it's considered discarded. So it has no value for America anymore. But with this, I save life. So whatever the military supplies we receive from United States, a lot of that has been written off. So we receive the value of that stuff, but it's considered basically a humanitarian aid. Do you know what I'm trying to lead? So it's like we receive these things not depriving United States from anything. At all, we are receiving five percent of capability of United States to deliver that aid to any country. Only five percent, mm-hmm. and a lot of that stuff is being used already, mm-hmm. so it's secondhand. Yeah. Why am I saying this? It's not to express my ungratitude. Mm-hmm. I am grateful, and my country is grateful. But it is just just to break that through of thought that we receive some kind of billions of dollars mm-hmm. in cash it's not in cash it's being invested in something or like a grants proposed with strings attached mm-hmm. you see it's been really well controlled mm-hmm. and that i hope that people in the united states will do research deeper instead of just believing that what russia propaganda can say so Thank you both for sharing that today. Thank you. It's been so great to have this conversation. It's been so wonderful to meet you in person. I feel like I hear these stories from the mission field and I write about them. And having the personal connection is so amazing. And just getting to meet both of you and hear firsthand all about the wonderful work you're doing. Thank you so much for inviting us. Yeah, thank you for sharing it with our audience. Yeah. To all of our listeners, please like, follow, and subscribe. Um, I'll put a donate link down in the description and I'll link your organization as well so people can donate to both and keep on living the culture of life. God bless.